With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. DeVoe is a crafty offensive player. Hughes is red hot, and he has 12 points. I think he hit that one from Savannah. And a tread water here, I think, without Jose Alvarado. And that is going to wrap it up. Syracuse. Brilliance from start to finish for Jake Payheim. What's up, guys? This is James Zuba of NewsMagician.com, and we'd like to welcome you back to another episode of the Syracuse Basketball Podcast. You can find us on Twitter. You can tweet me at James Zuba or us at NewsMagician. And let's get into it. We've got another episode, and Syracuse has been off for finals week since the dismantling of Georgia Tech. We'll head down to D.C. on Saturday and take on the Georgetown Hoyas. It's a rivalry renewed for the time being, and we can get into that in a moment. But um, first, uh, we just want to say, you know, we're, we're on Apple Podcasts. Um, give us a review. Uh, definitely uh, hit the five stars. We, we don't care what you actually think. Just give us, like, a five star. We don't really, if, if you think it's bad, that's okay, but just give us the five star. Um, <laughs> we, we do encourage feedback, though, so any, any tips you guys want to throw in there, feel free. But, uh, you know, throw us the five-star rating. Makes our editors happy. Makes the, the ad overlords and, uh, you know, SB Nation happy when they, they see the five-star reviews. So uh, feel free to drop, uh, drop a review, drop a comment, let us know what you think of the pod, anything you want us to, to cover or improve on. You know, we're open to that as well. So just throwing that out there. But uh, today, as I mentioned, you know, it's been finals week at Syracuse, so it's a solo op. Uh, Bobby, my, my colleague, is a student at Syracuse, and he's about to graduate. So shout out to him. He won't be joining today because he's being studious, and he's been studying for, for finals week and been being you know, pretty industrious over there. So it's a solo op, but I don't want to be lonely. So what we're going to do is bring on a special guest, and that's going to be Matthew Gutierrez of The Athletic. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys are, are familiar with him, and you know, for, for maybe some of you that aren't, you've probably come across his work at some point if you followed Syracuse basketball because he's a Syracuse alum and he's also a Daily Orange alum and he did some great work during his time as an undergrad and he's now covering the team through the athletics so Goody's doing some really good things some really important things and uh, we'll bring him on in a little bit Uh, as for me I'm heading down to DC I'm looking forward to it Um, a little bit under the weather right now but you know, no rest for the weary. Uh, world's not going to stop for you, so you got to put in the work, even when you're a little bit tired and a little bit sick. So here we are. We got another podcast, and as mentioned, yeah, Syracuse heads down to DC, and it's a rivalry renewed once more. And you know, I, I think we debate around this time every year, like, is is Syracuse Georgetown still a rivalry? Like, like does does it matter? And you know, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but but in short, I would just say that I think it's it's certainly not as heated of a rivalry given given that you know Syracuse has departed from the ACC and it no, it's no longer you know a Big East affair and it doesn't count towards a conference game and you know these teams are meeting once a year as opposed to twice or maybe three times a year. 
and uh, obviously, of course, the the conference affiliation that that sort of uh, you know disseminates the the rivalry aspect of it. But it is still a rivalry. It does still matter. I, I think this is a good game that you can get on your non-conference schedule. Um, you know, we can get into the scheduling aspect, but you know, obviously, this game, uh, the home and away, happens opposite of the ACC Big Ten Challenge. So. Uh, in the years that you're home, like this year for the ACC Big Ten, you're on the road at Georgetown, and you're getting a quality opponent on your non-conference schedule, and I think this is certainly better than, uh, you know, a run-of-the-mill non-conference game, uh, you know, the Colgates, the Cornells, of course those games those games matter as well, but uh, I think this is a better opponent, and it's a better game that you're going to get for any other conference game. So I think from that aspect, you know, it's worth it. Uh, while Jim is still at the helm, um, you know, as long as Beheim is still the head coach, I think... This game makes a lot of sense, and I think it should be played. Um, as for the rivalry, since Syracuse left the Big East, these teams have split 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Georgetown took the first two, and then Syracuse has taken the last two. Uh, the Orange won down in D.C. two seasons ago in 2017. Uh, pretty pretty big comeback there. And same, same sort of story last year, the Carrier Dome. Um, you know, Orange trailing at the half, came back, and, of course, Tyus Battle hits the game winner and Syracuse is now 2-2 two and two with Georgetown since departing from the Big East. So uh, we'll get into the matchup a little bit, and then we'll bring Goody on. But uh, as for this matchup specifically, uh, Ken Palm predicts a 75-71 to 71 Georgetown win. Um, Cuse is, of course, ranked 51 in Ken Palm now. Georgetown is 47, so four spots above. Uh, they are without their former starting point guard, James Akinjo, and also Josh LeBlanc. Uh, both of those guys have left the team, and if you've been following Georgetown, you know that there's been some recent reports that have come out, and um, Akinjo was not named in these reports, but LeBlanc, Jalen Alexander, and Myron Gardner were named in these reports. Um, there were multiple and they were charged with harassment. There's been a restraining order that's been issued against those guys. Um, as mentioned, LeBlanc no longer with the team. However, Jalen Alexander and Myron Gardner still are. Um, this team, this Georgetown team, has played nine games to this point. They're 6-3. and three. Uh, Alexander's played in all nine games. Gardner's played in eight. Uh, so not necessarily a good look for Georgetown there. Uh, but they are led by two guys now at this point, and... Uh, that is Omar Yurtseven and Mac McClung. Yurtseven, Syracuse fans should probably remember just because Syracuse recruited him a few years ago. And Yurtseven, of course, he, he enrolled at NC State, played a couple of seasons there before transferring, and lo and behold, he's with the Hoyas now. Uh, he's a beast inside, which spells trouble for Syracuse just because in all four of the losses that Syracuse has had, and, and granted, you know, to all good but not necessarily great opponents, They've all had a pretty solid big man. Um, you know, taking it back to the first game of the season against Virginia, uh, really two two solid big guys in Mamadi Diakite and Jay Huff. And, you know, fast forward a little bit to the preseason NIT, and Oklahoma State had your knee, who, um, you know, he's pretty solid. He's, he's probably not as good as any of the other bigs that Syracuse has faced, but he was a pretty, pretty you know, solid player in that game and gave uh, Syracuse some fits. Uh, the next game against Penn State, Mike Watkins was a problem. Uh, if you've heard me over at Q's Militia, you know, we joke about that. He's like a full-grown man. He's got like a family of four, but he's, he's a big dude. He certainly, you know, created a lot of problems for Syracuse. And 
Um, you know, he's had a pretty good season, and, you know, he's named to the Oscar Robertson watch list. Um, just had a double-double against Maryland as Penn State knocked off the, the Terps at home. So he, he's a problem inside. Um, I thought he gave Syracuse a lot of problems. And so did Luca Garza for Iowa. Um, you know, gave, gave Syracuse some fits inside. Uh, I think he had a double-double in the game. He's a rebounding machine, and he had like 44 points the other night. So uh, when you look at all these teams that Syracuse has lost to, one, they all have uh, good defenses, one. Uh, and then two, they've had a dominant big. And, you know, Georgetown I don't think is as good defensively as some of the other teams that Syracuse has lost to. Um, you know, in fact, let's see. Let's pull up their, their Ken Palm numbers here. Let's see where they're at. Uh, yeah, you know, 90, 90th in the country in defensive efficiency, which is, you know, pretty good. They're, they're allowing 95.7 points per 100 defensive possessions. Um, you know, solid, but, but definitely not to the level of Syracuse's other opponents that they've lost to. So um, that's one thing to watch there. Um, bringing it back um, to, to the year seven, um, you know, just talking in regards to who else they're led by. Uh, of course, is Mac McClung, uh, internet sensation before he enrolled in campus at Georgetown. I think Syracuse fans surely remember him from last year. Uh, he dropped 33 the other night. And, and by the way, since Akinjo and LeBlanc, and um, since they've left the team and the other two guys have been you know, officially named in this report since it's come out, they, they've gone 2-0. Uh, so that's something to note there. You know, They won at Oklahoma State. And you know, granted, you know, Oklahoma State, they didn't have Isaac Likely who Syracuse fans should also remember because he gave him uh, some pretty big fits down at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Uh, and then Georgetown went on the road at SMU and won pretty big, 94 to se- uh, 91 to 74, excuse me. So um, interesting that, that, you know, they lose two of their top five players, probably two of their top six for sure. Um, and then they, they go out and they win rather convincingly. Um, you know, Akinjo was more of a seek-his-own-shot type of guy as opposed to um, getting everybody involved, but he was leading them in assists, and he was their third-leading scorer. So um, interesting they would go out and, and play better without him. He wasn't shooting it that well from the field. Um, he's also turned it over a little bit. So maybe some addition by subtraction uh, in that regard, but um, interesting to note, nonetheless, that Georgetown's gone 2-0 since losing those guys, and they've gone 2-0 on the road. So... Um, yeah, those two guys I think will be key. Uh, I think Mac McClung definitely has the potential to go off in this one, as evidenced by you know his 33 points the other night. He's certainly going to get a lot more shots, and rightfully so. Um, so Syracuse will definitely have to contain him from the outside, and they're going to have to do a good job on Omer Yurt 7 inside. Um, Yurt 7 was a little bit uh, foul-prone earlier in the year, He's tapered back on that a little bit, but I think that's going to be one of the big keys to the game is, you know, Syracuse, of course, will start uh, Barama Sidibe at center. Um, they're going to have to keep Barama out of foul trouble in this game, and they're going to have to try to get Yurt 7, uh, a legit 7-footer, in foul trouble this game. Um, I think he could be sort of a, a rim protector in there, and, you know, Syracuse is more of a shooting team, as we've seen, but they could really give Syracuse some problems inside. Um, if they try to attack and, you know, finish around the rim and that sort of thing. So um, that's one thing to watch. Um, As for, you know, the game itself on the Syracuse side, you know, Syracuse is obviously coming off of a pretty big performance, um, you know, at Georgia Tech, granted. uh, But Georgia Tech was a a pretty good defensive team, and Syracuse played pretty well in that game, as evidenced by Elijah's night and Buddy's night. 
Uh, the final score was 97 to 63 there. So, um, you know, just kind of an unruly performance by Elijah. Came out and hit his first four threes. Uh, really, you know, blew the hinges off of Georgia Tech from from the jump, and then it was never really a game after that. You know, Elijah comes out. Yes, I think he had 26 in the first half, and you know, Georgia Tech never really made it close. They made a little bit of a run in the second half, but Buddy started to hit some shots, and Howard Washington came in, and he gave you know some pretty good minutes there. So um, that's that's one thing I'll be looking for in this game as well. Um, who does Syracuse play in the backcourt? I think Gerard. He's probably still pegged at starter at the point. You know, Buddy at the two, but is Washington going to be that first guard off the bench? You know, we saw Bryson Goodine for a large portion of the season. You know, he was kind of that guy, first guy off the bench, but then uh, last game Washington was the first guy off the bench. So uh, maybe Syracuse would be going with an Albany City Rocks backcourt uh, from here on out. But we'll see. That's to be determined. Um, We're going to bring on Goody, and again, uh, for people that aren't familiar with Goody, uh, Syracuse alum, former DO guy, and currently with the Athletic. He's doing some really great things. He's doing some important things. Uh, Goody's a true journalist. He's writing some very important stories. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit, and then we're going to preview the Georgetown game. So uh, I'll be down in D.C. I'll be with uh, I'll be with Goody at the game. Hope you'll keep it locked with us. Uh, well, of course, we'll have pregame coverage. By the time you're hearing this, we're recording on Thursday night. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, I'll probably be on my way to D.C., and we'll be doing some things post-game. Um, we'll have, obviously, all of our normal coverage, you know, predictions, um, post-game coverage, all that sort of stuff. So keep it locked with us. Um, get us on Twitter, at Magician or hit me, at James Zuba. So uh, without further ado, let's play this intro, and let's bring on Goody. Basketball. Ooh, well, Dick Paparo might have pulled the flagrant foul. One left. Not taking any chances. Uh-oh, he's on the court. It's going to get hey, the third here. one sends you out of the ballgame. He might be out of here. He's going to get tossed out of here. He wound up. Oh, he wound up. But he didn't hit you. I'm from Brooklyn. Uh-oh, and Washington and Ewing. Welcome to one of the great rivalries. All right, we bring on Matthew Gutierrez from The Athletic. Former D.O. guy. Syracuse alum, Matthew Gutierrez. You can follow him on Twitter, at MatthewGoot21. And, Goody, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, man. I appreciate the intro. Thank you, proud Daily Orange alum. <laughs> and I'm happy to, happy to chat, man. You're down in D.C. already, right? In D.C. already. Spent a little time with Woody Newton uh, yesterday. We'll have something out on him uh, shortly, just trying to get to know him a little bit, introduce him to Syracuse fans. Uh, so I'm down here a couple days early, ready for uh, Cuse Georgetown on Saturday. Awesome, man. Yeah, Woody Newton, uh, Syracuse recruit at forward coming in next year, and will be another long, lengthy Syracuse guy. So look, looking forward to, to the article. But, uh, yeah, down in D.C., I'll be joining you soon uh, by the time you Can't guys wait. Are, Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> by the time everybody hears this, I'll probably be traveling down. It's Thursday night as we record, so... Um, first, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, thanks for taking the time to hop on. And before we get into Syracuse-Georgetown, uh, you had a couple of pieces up this week. And the first one, uh, really important piece on Rob Long and his, you know, former Syracuse punter Rob Long and his battle through, through brain cancer and, and everything else that's come after that. Um, so can you, can you talk a little bit about, you know, that piece and, and you know, how that came together and, and just the importance of that piece? Yeah, definitely. Rob Long, I think his story is pretty well known. Um, 
Syracuse punter 07, 08, 09, and 2010. All Big East punter. Um, he was going to be a 2011 NFL draft selection. Um, he later learned he, he might have been one of the top specialists to uh, be drafted that, that season. Um, had, had brain cancer that derailed that path quite a bit. Uh, the NFL lockout coincided uh, with the time he got back to training. So not only did he have the cancer that, that derailed his NFL dream, but he had the NFL lockout that didn't hurt, uh, didn't help him, excuse me. Um, flash forward a few years later, he works uh, for Uplifting Athletes, which raises awareness and mm-hmm. raises money for the rare disease community. Perfect job for him, mm-hmm. given his personal experience. Um and then just a couple, just about a little over a year ago, he was diagnosed with PTSD as a result of living um, several years past mm-hmm. the date he thought, you know, he probably wouldn't have made it, right? This was a r- rare form of brain cancer. He was given a, a uh, very small chance to live. Um, he did live, live, live through it. He reached right. 30, he got married in May. Uh, a lot of things that really overwhelmed him in life. These are milestones that I think a lot of people might take for granted, but he, it was, it was a lot for him to handle mentally, uh, a lot of depression and stress from it. Um, and so his, he, I, I approached him a couple of years ago for a piece on Zach Mahoney, the former Syracuse backup quarterback and his role in uplifting athletes, just stayed in touch with Rob and checked in every few months. Uh, he does great work. He's a really honest guy. And then uh, we got speaking in June one day. You know, he kind of told me the backstory to to what you saw in the story this week. So that yeah. started in June. Our conversations, and then we spent some time together yeah. uh, in October for that piece. Awesome. And, and just the fallout after that, I thought was really important. You know, just uh, you know the PTSD as you mentioned and. Um, you know, depression and anxiety that comes with everything after that. So, so really important work. You had another piece on Trevor Cooney this week, and I don't think a lot of people knew this, but uh, Cooney had a very close friend of his uh, commit suicide, and he's, he's doing some important things now um, just, to, just to raise awareness um, about these, these sorts of things and doing it through the basketball lens in order to, you know, to make, to make people comfortable talking about these sort of things. So, um, you know, j- just about that, that piece, Goody, how, how did that come about as well? Yeah, that's uh, also a really important subject. Kind of crosses some of the same, uh, you know, major themes as the Rob Long piece, just, just a little bit different. Sure. Still mental health awareness-wise and yeah. advocacy. Yeah. Trevor, you know, well-known for being a player of seemingly 20 years of eligibility, right? At Syracuse, goes <laughs> to two Final Fours, um, played a key role in the 2016 team his senior year as a guard up top with Michael Benjay. Um, <clears throat> you know, very well-known Syracuse uh, player. Uh, checked in with him, I want to say in, in January, um, and I had heard about it uh, through the Delaware paper, um, his buddy Sean Locke's story mm-hmm. was told because uh, this was this happened July 2018. His buddy um, took his own life tragically, and um, the local papers covered it. And then I saw it spoken with Trevor in January for something different. Asked him about the the depth effect in the carriage dome. So a little bit 
uh, less serious of the, of the subject matter. Uh, but kind of had that in the back of my mind, and we stayed in touch. Um, he did the he raised two hundred grand. Trevor did, and, and the foundation that he uh, volunteers for uh, for mental health advocacy. Um, and they're going to have a building on the University of Delaware campus where his friend went and played as a walk-on basketball player. They're going to have a building there open 24-7 offering uh, therapy for anyone, students, uh, high school kids locally, people who are just in the community who are driving by. Uh, so this, you know, the thing is a lot of colleges especially are seeing increased depression and anxiety. Um, and they have counseling centers that are expanding. Uh, but a lot of a lot of cases, those are only open nine to five. So, the ability to raise two hundred grand, Trevor's idea, raise two hundred grand through a basketball tournament. Uh, they use that money for this house, and this house can anyone can come in, right? If you have something an issue at eleven p.m., you can go there and get free support. No, you don't need health insurance. You don't need you know fifty dollar copays if you don't have that, right? This is for for anybody at all walks of life. Awesome. You know, good good to see Trevor, you know, getting involved in that sort of capacity and, you know, making a difference. Raised over 200 grand, as you said. So already off to a great start there and, you know, great work on your behalf covering that stuff. So, um, yeah, let's let's shift gears. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, you know, let's, let's shift gears and let's get into, you know, the Syracuse-Georgetown matchup. Uh, Syracuse, of course, coming off the win at Georgia Tech to get to 5-4. and four. Uh, they've been off this week for finals, and Georgetown on the other side, uh, they're six and three. You know they have wins over Texas, uh, who was ranked at the time at Madison Square Garden. Um, just picked up two wins this past uh, this past week over Oklahoma State and SMU, both on the road, and they've lost to Penn State, who also played Syracuse. Uh, they've lost to Duke and UNC Greensboro, uh, led by Wes Miller. So. Um, you know, but anyways, you know, big, big matchup coming in. Uh, Ken Palm actually predicts Georgetown to take home the victory, um, but it's a game down in D.C. and it is a rivalry renewed of sorts. Um, but Goody, you know, what, what do you make of the rivalry and, and where we are with you know Syracuse Georgetown? Of course, you know Syracuse left the Big East. Georgetown still in the Big East. Uh, is it still a rivalry? Does this game still matter? And is it worth playing still? Yeah, that's a good question. I think absolutely still rivalry is what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly worth pay, uh, playing. A lot of nostalgia for, for Syracuse fans, former players, uh, people in both the Georgetown and Syracuse communities. Both schools are are um, relatively smaller, mid-size, maybe at best private schools, right? But they're both national brands. There's alums all over the country, and I think this is a well-washed game and has been for so long really since the since manly field house was closed down right so <laughs> um and you know i've only heard those stories but i, I have seen a little bit up close the past a uh, couple matchups between these squads we saw the mike hopkins game back in uh i think that was was it late 2016 or uh early or was it early 2017 it was actually 15-16 uh, season, 15, so they, 16, okay. December 2015 yep, so, it would have been. So, Right, late 2015, right, because um, that was the final four year that the suspension happened. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, so the Mike Hawkins game and then the, the, the game at Capital One two years ago was great. I think that was, I want to say, one or two overtimes, mm-hmm. the highest battle 
was big down the stretch, hitting some threes. I think he hit two threes late from the same spot on the wing. That kind of sealed the deal for Syracuse in an awesome environment, by the way. Capital One, um, NBA arena, kind of an average NBA arena, but that was big. A lot of Syracuse fans showed up for the game, and I expect that again on Saturday. Um, and then, you know, last year in the Dome was another thriller, right? Great. These, these two teams are pretty evenly matched. They're both, I think, and have been for the past few years, although Syracuse has had a lot more NCAA tournament uh, success. But they're both kind of these um, not, not top-of-the-line programs in their respective conferences, but they're, they're both going to uh, play really good basketball at, at a high major level. And that's, I think, what we've been seeing. Yeah, both in the hunt for a tournament bid for sure. Were, sure. were, were you at that Georgetown game two years ago at Capital One? I, I was, yeah, I was there, um, and, and I worked at the Daily Orange at the time, and I was writing the, uh, what we call a runner, so a game, a story, um, you know, a full story, about 800, 700 words due at the buzzer. Uh, and, and given the tight game and the loud noise and the, and the score changes, it wasn't easy, but awesome environment. Yeah, I was that, there. That must have been before I met you because I was also down there for, for that game. And, uh... <laughs> I think it might have been. I think we met at the uh, Jordan Brand Classic with Jalen Carey and uh, Darius Baisley. Sure. Well, neither one of them ended up playing in the game, but uh, obviously Darius for one reason, Jalen for, for the injury. Right, right. I do remember that actually. So funny. Um, yeah, so what you know, the last uh, the last two games, Syracuse has taken as you mentioned, um, you know, the win at um, Capital One, and then last year, you know, the Tyus game winner at the Dome. Um, yeah. do, do you expect, and I, I think you mentioned it a little bit, but do you expect this one to be a close game? Because you know, as we've seen with Syracuse through nine games, no no game that they've played in has been decided by single digits, right? So. You know, all the losses, either by 14 points or more, and then all the wins have seemingly been blowouts. So um, th- does something have to give here? You know, is this going to be another close one, or is it going to be another blowout for, for Syracuse either way? Yeah, you know, it's my gut says that it's got to give, and this is going to be another, another great, you know, five-point or less game, right? We're close game down the stretch. Someone has a big shot late, big stop late, and they win. Uh, on the other hand, I thought going into Barclays that, you know, given the first several games had already been decided by 14, I was like, you know what, Oklahoma State, this is going to be the first close game. All right, Penn State, this is going to be the first close game. All right, Georgia Tech, for real. Georgia Tech <laughs> is going to be a close 53-51 game here in Atlanta. No, Syracuse wins by uh, a bazillion points. So, uh, I mean, on one, on one hand, I say yes. But kind of on just what we've seen so far, I think I think one team maybe comes out strong with the with a really good start, and we've seen that the past few games, right? Uh, James, where the team that starts out well initially has has had a lot of uh, success throughout the rest of the game. It's, it hasn't been like one team starts hot and then and then they kind of don't don't have the momentum later, right? It's always the, the past few games have have been decided basically by those first couple minutes, right? And, and you're right because uh, you know in, in New York City you know we were both covering that that game as well but um, yep. you know out, out in Brooklyn at the Barclays for for those two games um, Oklahoma State and Penn State both got off the big runs against Syracuse to start and then on the flip side last Saturday at Georgia Tech Syracuse got off to a big start behind Elijah Hughes 
comes out, hits his first four threes, and pretty much blew the hinges off of Georgia Tech right from the opening tip. So um, I, I don't know what it is about this Syracuse team that kind of keeps everybody on their toes. They, they seem you know kind of hard to pin down. But, um, yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about the Georgia Tech game, though, before um, – you know, before we totally shift gears, but what what did you see in that game? Did you know? Did you kind of did what did you see from Elijah? Um, and th- did it ever seem like Georgia Tech was going to make a run at Syracuse throughout that game? No, it didn't. To be honest, they were they were totally out of it right from the get go. I think Elijah's you know early start just set the set up the whole game right. That 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 was the afternoon. Georgia Tech never really seemed like they were. Even in remote distance, right? They just right. were were out of it. Um, I think, aside from the the lopsided score, uh, there are a couple takeaways. You mentioned Elijah, huge game for him. You know, he he's going to need to score twenty a game. That's a given. So for him to go out and do thirty three, part of that's because he shot so well uh, from deep. But he's he's going to be capable of dropping thirty. Uh, some nights and he's going to have to for them to beat some ACC schools I think uh, and be efficient on that 30 right that's not a ISO 100% of the time 30 ton of shots right that's a, a really efficient 30 if he's hot keep shooting if he's cool he needs to show that he's developed that, that triple drive and he can score uh, inside uh, a little bit as well and, and hey, hey even offensive boards right he's 6'6 he's he's pretty thick kid he's strong uh he can he can score in a lot of ways so uh that was probably the biggest takeaway from me trying to take too much off a game when they went by 30 but for elijah to be able to get get his 20 to 30 a game can be really important if he's efficient yeah no doubt and you know as you mentioned he set the tone kind of set the example and uh you know another guy buddy Bayham, was able to get going in the second half sort of knock down some yeah. threes. They both knocked down six in the contest. Um, for the for those guys, you know, how important is that? And then can that shooting transition to this week at Georgetown? You hope, right? If you're Syracuse, so reliant on uh, the shooting. And who knows, is this season going to continue to be just as they shoot? Like if they get off to a cold start in a game, is the game over? for the loss already and so far it has been that way they don't have a plan b right now behind and the players have straight up said it right we're a shooting team if the shots don't fall we're probably not going to win and if the shots fall we're, we might be able to be you know north carolina we might be able to be uh you know louisville even who knows right any team's vulnerable um against a shooting team that can get hot so i think um while buddy was great this might be a team where they maybe finish around 500 in ACC play with a couple losses where you're like, what? And a couple <laughs> wins were really big resume-building wins that maybe, again, put them on the bubble, right? And, and maybe on the positive side of the bubble. Um, it's, 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 it's kind of interesting to, to look at a, a season that is defined almost seemingly exclusively by how hot they get in certain games, right? Yeah, for sure. And Syracuse has been a little bit feast or famine in that regard from the three-point line. And, you know, the old saying, you, you live by the three, you die by the three. Not not always in the truest sense, but I think for, for this team, you know, this Syracuse team, that might be true this year when you look at the guys out on the perimeter and, you know, certainly how these games have gone to this point. 
Um, you know, another thing that you know I want to talk about is Howard Washington came off the bench in the Georgia Tech game. Um, you know, first guard off the bench, which he he hasn't done to this point. Um, you know, prior to that point, he's been Bryson Goodine. But you know, in this in this game against Georgetown, do, do you think that Howard will be that first guard off the bench? Has he earned that? Um, you know, did he did he showcase that he he took a step forward in that role and owned that, or do you, do you think we see some more of Bryson Goodine in this game? Um, you know, who, who do you think we see off the bench first in the guard rotation? Yeah, it's tough to tell. I think uh, given what we've seen so far as outsiders, hundred percent Howard Washington. He earned he earned at least another uh, trial, right? He maybe hasn't solidified any sort of role right now, sure. but he 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 extended his stay, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, where he can get another shot to uh, to play well and turn up free basketball. I think would be priority number one because um, it's a quick way to get you on the bench right? as you know well uh, a turnover but if you can just kind of hold your own you don't have to score a lot just hold your own you probably uh, get some time um, I will say there's they've had several practices um, since that game a full week you know no games with the finals obviously but they're they're still practicing at Mello um, so I would assume whoever if Bryson happens to had a great week this week. If he had some great practices, maybe he he slots in right and gets another chance. Uh, we don't know that how he's looked at practice, but uh, certainly from what we've seen, Howard would make. I would hundred percent see Bayheim going with Howard off the bench. Hey man, I know all about those turnovers. There's a reason <laughs> that I'm not playing basketball at a high level and I'm writing about it. So uh, I know all about that, but. <laughs> Um, for the, for the game oh, itself, yeah. for the game itself, though, uh, you know, of course, Syracuse has not had a big non-conference win. Uh, you know, of course, the Georgia Tech game that that goes under an ACC game. You know, Syracuse is one and one in the ACC, and all other big-time non-conference games. And there's only been three, to be fair: uh, the two in New York City, and then the one to Iowa. They they've squandered those chances. So from that perspective, you know, you got four non-conference games remaining: you got Georgetown. And then you got the three at the dome. This is really their last chance at a, at a big win um, to get yeah. that non-conference number to get those numbers up in the resume. So, so how important is it from that perspective? The Georgia. It's a great. It's a great point for sure. It's huge. Um, you know, I hadn't even really considered it to, to bring it up. I just got a flashback to Ohio State. Um, huge win. I remember. Uh, I think it was on the selection show, although it might have been directly from someone from the committee last year uh, I think Syracuse was you know probably off the bubble this past season um, sneaking in to, to play Baylor but uh, they said that that win over obviously Duke was huge Duke was number one at Duke right Syracuse goes there and beats Zion um, but Syracuse also went to Ohio State and that was a top 25 road win in November that was really helpful for them last season I think this year given their own three in non-conference as you stated uh, huge huge opportunity for Syracuse I don't think if they lose the game they're automatically you know it's a huge minus on their resume but I think this can be this can be a big advantage they can pick up a win no matter the fashion right just the W uh, whether by two points or, or 20 and uh, escape with at least one solid non-conference win, right? Because then you have three 
three of these kind of easier non-conference games at the end of this month, December, headed into uh, the thick of ACC play. So for sure, huge game on the road to, to really boost the resume. Yeah, you mentioned the Ohio State game from last season, and they were number one in the net at the time. And they didn't finish there. They didn't finish in the net, uh, number one in the net, obviously. But um, still a big, a big win nonetheless at that time because they were coming off of the two, again, you know, the, the two losses in New York City that time at Madison Square Garden. Great point. And, you know, not only that, but had they not won that game, I think it would have been a lot closer for them on the bubble. You know, they – they were in rather safely last year, but you know, had they not had that win at, at Ohio State, it would have been a lot closer. Um, so definitely important in that regard. But you know, this game um, in DC, obviously a Capital One. It's where the Wizards play, NBA Arena. Um, Syracuse kind of got shook a little bit. Um, I don't want. I don't know if shook is the right word, but you know, the, the games were not competitive in Brooklyn at Barclays in another NBA Arena. So. Uh, do we think, you know, we know it's a young team, right? It's, you know, kind of an inexperienced, one of the youngest under Bayheim in his 44 years. But uh, do we think that they're ready for this this kind of game and this kind of environment away from home? It's a fair question. I think in the past years, you know, I'd probably downplay environment. Um, they went to Ohio State last year. That was not – that was a power conference road game weeknight students were there student section was loud arena was loud that was basically an nba arena at ohio state i would regard it it was huge um and loud and they they held their own right they went to cameron and after a terrible start they looked completely overwhelmed and it was loud they they uh, go and beat duke (laughs) and overtime um so i think in, in the past few years i would have downplayed it Whereas, yeah, with this year's team, I think there is a legitimate case for them possibly going out and losing a game like this just solely because of the inexperience. Like, they're not accustomed to, you know, Georgetown's going to want to play fast, and they're going to be just like uh, Iowa and just like Oklahoma State and Penn State. They're going to, unlike Georgia Tech, they're going to be in their face a little bit defensively. You know that. That's how they've played. Um, so Patrick Ewing is going to want to come out. He's going to have a plan for them um, on their home floor. Uh, I don't know to what extent the student section and kind of the locals will be out given the holidays and, and people are traveling right now. Because I, I do recall two years ago, it was a heavily, heavily Syracuse, uh, pro-Syracuse crowd, right? I'm sure you recall as well. There was definitely a lot of orange, uh, especially up upstairs. So... That might mitigate the Georgetown faithful a little bit, uh, but certainly if they get off to a good start, playing fast, playing good defense up on Cuse, um, that could kind of get a young team a little rattled. No doubt. And you, know, you mentioned last year's team. Obviously, they had those upperclassmen. Uh, you know, Tyus Battle, Frank Howard, O'Shea had a year under his belt at that point. Um, this this year, not so much. Everybody's in new roles. You know, Elijah's been there before. He's obviously the leader. Um, he's been in those situations, uh, but but not so much. You know, Buddy got a little bit of it last year as a freshman. We'll we'll look to that. We'll see if that's a factor. Uh, but we'll you know we'll we'll get you out of here with this one. Um, Syracuse and Georgetown. They did just renew the series. Um, of course, the the game makes sense as long as Jim is at the helm. Do, do you think this is a game that's worth playing? Should they continue scheduling this game? into the future and there's a lot to consider because 
you know, it, it is a rivalry, but there's also, you know, recruiting and television and that sort of thing that goes into it. It's getting harder with the 20 ACC league games, so there's two less non-conference games that you have to work with. But, you know, beyond the Bayheim era, whenever that does end, is Syracuse-Georgetown going to continue? Should it continue? For sure. It's, it brings up – you bring up a lot of great points. I think at the surface level, absolutely it should. Past Bayheim's era – um, and beyond, right? This is a rivalry game. As long as both of, as long as both these programs stay at a high level, uh, would, as long as they're both high level programs, I think this is a a game worth playing uh, every single year, or you know, at worst, every other year, right? That's that's fine as well. Uh, I know some Syracuse fans are probably thinking, what about some of the other old biggies, foes, notably UConn. Um, you know, certainly hear that, especially what, what Coach Hurley's been able to do there. And I think, you know, you obviously want to consider consider the other uh, big schools, right? I think UConn is probably notable up there. And sure. it brings up another point is, right, the 20, you know, the expanded ACC schedule. Do you um, do you want to do overschedule, uh, you know, how do you how do you schedule? You want to test your guys early, maybe get some resonant boosting wins in an era when the the committee seems to be, seems to be placing more emphasis on that November December slate. Um, so there's a lot of factors behind, and, and the staff have to consider. Um, and I, I think a lot, a lot of things too goes to you, you played some of these these tournaments in November, and as you well know, like you don't know who you're going to get. You might get the weaker side of the tournament, the preseason tournament, and have two maybe relatively easier wins, where you might get an Oklahoma State and Penn State team that are tough and you're not maybe ready and drop both, you know. So that that could have turned out a lot different and maybe a different preseason tournament. Or maybe you go to uh, Atlantis or Hawaii and you get – you get a Michigan and a North Carolina, you know, and that you just get the, a bad luck um, as far as the scheduling goes. So it's hard to, to factor all of it in when you're when you're planning several months or a year, even two years out. Uh, you don't know what program's going where, what coaching change occurs, who's ranked. Uh, so right. long, long answer there, but uh, I think you do want to challenge yourself. I'm all for these bigger games, filling seats, getting getting good national TV spots, good for the recruiting scene, uh, win or loss. Honestly, I think. And just quick aside, I don't I don't think if the Syracuse recruits there and Syracuse loses, even even handily, that that really affects that recruit. Just based on having talked to guys, um, guys who have committed and guys who have been recruited, that it really affects that decision. And same with Georgetown, right? If Georgetown goes out and wins or loses, I don't think that sways that recruit too too much. Uh, I think a, a stiff non-conference schedule they'll they'll appreciate as much as anyone. Do they want to play in front of big crowds and on TV? Yeah, no doubt, and a lot to consider, and probably too much unknown right now to really predict what's going to happen out in four or five years with scheduling, but. Um, an interesting point, and you never know with, with some of these old former Big East schools. Yeah, maybe you want to schedule a UConn, or maybe you want to schedule a Villanova to get in those recruiting pockets as well, just to get exposure. Ooh, Villanova. Sorry, yeah. man, I, I forgot about that. That, that <laughs> was the one that was missing. I was like, who am I missing? Because I didn't want to say St. John's, obviously. <laughs> Villanova, man. 
thank you for bringing that up. We need a we need a Syracuse Villanova, and and we also sorry to cut you off, but we also need a Syracuse Washington game that needs to happen. I agree. We need a little homecoming for Hop, so maybe a home and home there or something in the future, but. All right, Goody, we'll get you out of here. Thank you for joining, uh, ladies and gents. Follow him on Twitter, at MatthewGoot21. And, of course, subscribe to The Athletic if you're not already. Uh, go over there, read all of Goody's work. He's doing some important stuff, so so follow him. And, uh, Goody, I'll see you down in D.C. Saturday, man. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. Can't wait, man. Oh, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Yep, thanks for the time, Goody. All right, we'll see you, brother. Thank you. Bye-bye.